Welcome to the Creative Push, an intimate and diverse artist interview series. I'm Sherry O'Neill, a photographer, artist, writer, and educator. Here, artists and makers of all kinds share tips, advice, knowledge, and inspiration that you can learn from each week. This series is a part of the Learn and Create platform to help artists further their education in creativity, art, and business. And welcome to the Creative Push. This week we have Trevor Makula. He is a painter. Welcome, Trevor. Hi. So tell us a little bit about your style of work, what your subject matter is, and give us a little overview of your career. Subject-wise, I feel like I'm painting everything but the kitchen sink right now. <laughs> I'm a contemporary painter. I like to do very whimsical conversations. I want my work to have people be able to interpret in different ways what they're seeing. My work's very literal subject-wise. You know what it is, but it also is very whimsical and it makes people laugh and think about enjoying themselves in the moment. I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. I have an identical brother. We have a brother that's 18 months older than us. I grew up in a really religious household. We never had a TV. I still don't have a TV. I always hated that growing up, but now I realize that it's completely 100% spurred my creativity. I remember being in kindergarten. My grandfather had butcher paper like on a roll in the attic. And so I would go up there and he had bought me this book that I still have called How to Draw Animals. And I would like literally just copy these animals out of this book and then roll them up and take them to kindergarten and sell them for like 35 cents a dollar. <laughs> my mother was like, how are you getting all this money? <laughs> and obviously that was the beginning of something really good. I never really went to school for art. I studied graphic design for a year and a half at a state tech school in Nashville and immediately got a job doing graphic design and realized immediately that that was not where I needed to be. <laughs> From there, I just started waiting tables, which I think has been really helpful career-wise because you always are put into these situations where you have to figure a way out of whatever's happening. And from there, I, I literally just started painting. I would go to work and just hand out little cards with my paintings on them and say, hey, I'm doing a show this weekend <laughs> and really grew a large fan base from that. One day, my boss just said, you do not need to be here. You need to be painting. <laughs> and it was a very abrupt change. And it's not been easy. I've been full-time artist for almost 21 years now. <laughs> what brought you yeah. to Nashville? My dad was an engineer for General Motors. So we moved to Spring Hill when I was eight years old. He got transferred. We were one of the first families to move to Tennessee from Michigan for the Saturn Corporation. Or did you have any other family members that were creative or artists in any way? <laughs> no. <laughs> my aunt is very creative. She does a lot of painting. She makes some interesting sculptures. In my immediate family, I'm pretty much, uh, I mean, my mother always did craft kind of stuff. Yeah, we were outside just without having a TV. We were encouraged to be doing things instead. We never were planted in front of a TV watching I actually was in a long-term relationship with somebody um, who worked at Tribe at the bar in Nashville, mm -hmm. and his boss vacationed here for 20-something years. He always was just like, you belong in Provincetown. This is where you need to be. And my grandfather had passed away. I got an inheritance from that. And I was in a really bizarre real estate situation with a condo that I'd bought in the Gulch and just feeling stuck. I'm going to just take my savings account and move to Provincetown and open an art gallery and do what I want. And so I flew up here. And this town is kind of a party town. It's the oldest art colony in the country. It's a really interesting 
place. It's right on the water. It's just beautiful. So I, I was up here for Halloween, looked at a retail space, plopped down my entire life savings on it for the year, which is really expensive. It's a very expensive place to be. And I had no idea what I was doing. And then just moved up and started a gallery. And so I was here for three years and then quickly just realized it's so much work to do the retail side of that and not be able to afford to pay somebody to come sit at the space the whole time I'm trying to work. People are coming in just because this is a vacation destination town. A lot of people looking for stuff to do. And so they would come in and just you know, want to talk or hang out and trying to do my paintings. So I just realized quickly that it was a very difficult situation to be in. So I moved back to Nashville, downtown, and then that NFL draft happened in Nashville. And I'm not a sports person at all. And I was like, I cannot imagine 600,000 people. You could barely get in and out of the building where I lived. And so I was like, where could I go that I know people... I can have a blast and just go somewhere by myself. So I found a trip for really cheap up here. Prior to that, I had a really good friend here that passed away in a really horrific accident. And so over the course of a couple months from that happening, I had kept in contact with his partner. When I came up here during that draft, we ended up at the exact same bar. Like I just basically moved into his house. (laughs) It's been really sweet. Last August, we ended up getting married. We're building this art house on the water with a studio, a complete life change. The beauty of this town is it's so tiny. I mean, there's only 3,500 people that live here full time. I've just got this amazing broad group of friends here that I can do stuff with any day of the week. You don't have to have a car. I I just bike to work. I'm renting a studio on the beach right now. It's amazing. We'll take the boat out and go looking at whales. And it's just a really magical place. We live right now two blocks from this really cool historic wharf that Andy Warhol would come and party on this pier and Liza Minnelli and all these Tennessee Williams. I mean, it's just such a historically cool place. Tell us a little bit more about your technique. I I started painting with a palette knife. I've just never stopped. So I don't use any brushes. Typically, I just prime my canvases all black and do a really quick little drawing of what I'm working on. And I do underpainting. So that's all wacky colors that don't really make any sense. It's kind of a base. Once that dries, I come back in and do the actual painting over the top of that. So it gives it extra texture. And then you can also leave little spaces on the side so you get to see that color underneath poking out in different places. What is your definition of creativity? To me, it means everything. I think it's life. It's I have a tattoo. This is art is life. When I think about what lasts from generation to generation and from societies and cultures, it's always art. The things that we see from history are art, literature, paintings. And there are always things that make you feel good that's beautiful so that's what I love and that's what I want to create what inspires you to create oh everything I get so many little wackadoodle ideas constantly I'll take them down in my phone a lot of the times a title or something that I just think is hysterical and then I come back and try to come up with something that will match that title I feel like the titles are really important for my work because it makes people start that conversation that I was talking about or start having that conversation. I have this quote from David Hockney, and this has really just been like the last full year of my life where I have somebody that's supporting what I do 100% and friends that are really supportive. So this quote says, I paint what I like, when I like, and where I like. 
when you subscribe to that idea, I've just found creativity flowing out so much more. I've pretty much stopped doing custom work for people. I found a year ago that when I would look back on my time, I'm spending 90% of it painting somebody's dogs or their vision of what they want me to do. And while it's fun and interesting, it's also not where I need to be. I'm finding the more that I just let go and don't worry about anybody else's ideals for where my work goes. If you like it, get on board. If not, somebody else will. <laughs> not for anybody else. And that's when I think you find the most joy in what you're doing is when it's for you. Then I see people enjoying it more than if they're telling me what to do. And I'm finding the crazier it gets, the more people respond to it and the better it is. Right now, I'm trying to just ramp up and do really large scale work. Also very difficult to do with being in this location because it's not easy to get that kind of stuff here and it's super hard to ship it, but it is the best looking work. So all of last year with the pandemic, I was doing these tiny little paintings, which I think was really a smart idea. People were all at home and looking at Instagram and, oh, I can easily just buy this for a couple hundred dollars or something and just pop it in the mail and it makes somebody's day. And I even was giving them to healthcare workers to do something special for somebody that maybe needed a little something. I do anything from three inches by three inches to six to eight feet. You have representation. Yes, I'm showing with a gallery here in Provincetown called William Scott. It's also right on the water and gorgeous. I show with Wildmire Gallery in Scottsdale, Arizona. I've actually been showing with them for 15 years. They've got two locations in Scottsdale, one in Tucson, and they just hustle and have created a great fan base of people from my work out in the West. And then I'm showing in Charlotte, North Carolina, Dallas, Texas, a show with Bennett in Nashville. Instagram has blown up with people being exposed to my work, which is great. Like mm -hmm. Now I have 6,000 people on Instagram. So the moment I post something, all these people see it and can share it. Also Facebook, I actually try to stay off of there as much as possible, except for work. I'm trying to pull back from doing any of the business side, I found that I always undercut myself. And then if you do that for so long, people come to expect it and you're kind of cheating yourself. It's really hard to take things to the next level when people are always expecting to pay like half price for something. Over the last year, I've just really realized that I'm worth it. My work's worth it. There's people out there that will pay for what they love. We went to Art Basel last year and it's interesting because my work is so whimsical and fun and you feel like there's not a place for high and work like that? How do you command a certain price for something that's funny? And then when you realize that your peers are doing that and selling like a Jonas Wood just sold for one and a half million dollars, there's no reason why I can't be doing that. And I think the hard part about growing up in the South is you learn to constantly be pleasing people. And now that I'm in New England, that's a completely different story. And, <laughs> and people expect you to say no. And what do you do when you get stuck or do you get stuck? I try to work pretty much every single day. Showing up is 90% of the battle. And there are days where I come in here and can't focus on stuff or find myself not able to work. But for the most part, I usually try to take that and reverse it and say, what would I not do? What color would I not use? And then that's a challenge. And so then it helps me get to the next place. I like very vibrant, rich colors. There's no art store here, which is funny because it is an art calling. <laughs> 
if I'm in an emergency, I'll drive an hour up the Cape to the biggest town and pick stuff up. And the people that are here have made life decisions that make them be here. It's not the easiest place to be. The season here is so short. It's stunningly gorgeous. And it's kind of a weird mix of misfit people that just kind of find their way here. And it's it's all artists, all performers. And what would you like to learn that you haven't learned yet? I've lived such a bizarre interesting life and I've seen so many things and so much of the world I'm pretty happy with my knowledge and the things that I've been able to do I've been very blessed I started traveling when I was 13 and went to India like I said my family's pretty religious and so they're going on a lot of mission trips which is really interesting because you get to see so much of the way the rest of the world is at such a young age you know it was like I was 13 and sitting in front of the Taj Mahal when my peers were sitting at home watching cartoons to be able to do all those things and see all that is stunning. My learning process is I'm happy with what happens in the present and at the moment. I don't need to go to a next level at all. So whatever I paint today is is enough and it's great. And tomorrow, hopefully something else will. It's interesting because I just started taking some of my older subject matters and putting it in a new light, more contemporary and funky and fun. The response from it's very good. I'm really trying to play with some patterns and written on my wall and here in my studio, it says, what would you do? if you're not afraid. I think that as an artist, like you have to push yourself to that level and constantly do new stuff. So I don't want to get to the end of my life and have not done the things that I wanted to do with my work. That really includes not being told what to do. No amount of money can account for your time. You know, so if somebody wants to pay a ton of money for something that takes up all of my time when I'd rather be working on something that I find interesting, I'd rather do that. <laughs> We're building this studio that's actually going to double as a nightclub with a disco ball in it and it's mm-hmm. like I'm just painting and trying to get as much work to the galleries as possible part of being here is enjoying this place and I try to work until about noon or one every day and then I'm going out and having fun and riding around on my bike swimming in the oceans so. do you have any advice to any up and coming artist just stick with it 90% of it's showing up I've certainly been told no a lot <laughs> people they don't see the side of me getting up and being at the studio at six o'clock in the morning so seven days a week. It's just really about dedication and also not limiting yourself. Why can't I be at the same level as other people? You know, there's no reason why that's not possible. So I think just believing in yourself in that way is really key. Playful work is hard to find, I think, in the art world. And I actually love that kind of stuff for that reason. But I assume that finding galleries that are willing to represent you has not been too hard because it's so different. You know, it was very difficult to get to where I've gotten my work to. I found a website really early on of every city and every state with all the galleries. And I would click through that and submit work to every single thing. My gallery in Arizona, I really lucked out on. I was watching somebody's house in Nashville who collected Southwestern art. And I'd ripped an ad out from this magazine. A week later, my friend had a buddy in town and we were talking and he's like, I run a gallery in Arizona. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I just ripped this ad out for a gallery. He's like, that's the gallery I run. And so I submitted work and 
here 15 years later, I'm, I think probably one of their most sought after artists in the gallery. You know, you get a lot of no's, but the few yeses have been great. My job is to be an artist, not a business person. And I need to be in the studio creating, not haggling with people over a price. I know what I'm good at. And it's really nice to have people that believe in your work, push it, and they want to connect the vibe of happiness and starting conversations with their clients. And I would love that. Also, Instagram has been <laughs> a huge help. I mean, just to be able to click a button and have that many people see something instantaneously. And then you can link that to where this piece is going. And it's just super easy. For years and years and years, every single person has said, you need to raise your pricing. You need to raise your pricing. And I just kept my stuff really cheap and affordable. And it brought me through. And, and now this whole last year, Ed, my husband, he's like, you have to raise your pricing. People have money realizing like, hey, my time is worth this. People are going to buy it. If it's $1,500 or if it's $2,000, they're going to buy it. And after going to Art Basel in Miami a couple times, and a lot of it's wacky and crazy. And I'm just as good as that. You right. know? So, well, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Oh, yeah. It's been my pleasure. I'm so happy that this worked out.